What's up, Ragnar Runner? I am Sarah Albanawi, and I am a Ragnar Relay Ambassador. Consider me your top resource for your travel tips, packing, team building, or information about the venue, anything Ragnar. Find me at Sarah Albanawi on Instagram. Save 10% at registration by using my ambassador code SAAMB22. Here we are again on the Break It Down for Bracken's podcast with Sarah Abanawi. Thanks for being on the podcast, Sarah. Thank you, Kevin, for having me. All right, so we're going to talk about your journey to win the Ragnar Relays Immortal classification. Describe to me what that is. Um, so Immortal is basically running 12 relay races with Ragnar. And um, when you do that within a calendar year, you get like this nice, fancy, big metal that says immortal on it that's right so i'm chasing immortal and and i know you know that because you just got it last year i, I did get it but i wanted to hear you describe what it is you know yeah, <laughs> yeah I, like to me I, I learned about it probably in its second year oh nice it was almost like the web page was almost hidden on the ragnar website and you could go back then you could go to the website and it would show you the varying kinds of medals that were coming out that year right. and back then like if you did the cumberland to dc and like the dc sprint or one of the local dc races you win like the mudslinger so if you did yeah. like these two you got this medal nice. if you do two out west you got that medal and two in new england you got that special medal i think they still do that oh really yeah because like um this this past weekend in tahoe like i saw some people that did socal and they did tahoe i think they get that same uh, medal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that they still did that, but then they had to bring their medals just to show it. So right. Yeah. And then the um, at the very bottom of that page, it said Ragnar Immortal, and you click another link, and it took you to what cre- looked like a, just an uh, an image of a medal. Oh, and it nice. said you had to do twelve in a year, and I was like, wow, that's that's intense. At that point, I'd done like three Ragnars total, nice. and I was just like, that's man. That's pretty hardcore. I, if, if I wanted something, I'd really want to get that. Yeah. And then during the COVID year was when I signed up and I bought a bunch of airfare. Oh, And wow. then everything shut down and everything got deferred. So it got really ugly. But that meant in 2020. No, 2021. 2021, yeah. <clears throat> that's where I decided to, to get it to sprint and get it done for real. <clears throat> so... Cool. So let's talk about Tahoe. Tahoe's number number seven. seven yeah, number seven. Nice. So, how's it going? The travel, the wear and tear, the energy, <laughs> the teammates. You ask very tough questions, Kevin. Then, let, let, then let's start with travel. <laughs> let's describe your travel to uh, Tahoe. Well, actually, so um, Tahoe, like everybody was talking about it like i wasn't signed up for it initially and then um i looked at travel when somebody was uh lisa actually lisa sample was like hey i i have some spots on my team would you like to come to tahoe i'm like one i heard it's hard so no two i looked at the airfare and it was like um about twelve hundred dollars to go to reno with connecting flights there's no like direct flights and then um so kind of like it was to me out of the question to go right and then in Michigan, which was a couple of weeks ago, um, there was like a, a, some free glamping spot offered up. And then people are like, oh, you come on, you can do it. Like, and you know how they, and then, you know, Rebecca was like looking at, she's one of the immortals from last year. She's like, oh no, I'll look for that. So she started looking for, for, air, for airfare for me. And then 
she found something like super cheap, like a direct flight from um, IAD to like um, Sacramento. And it was like, a, and I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. But it was like Frontier Line. And I usually choose not to go with smaller airlines because I don't know their, I've never flown with fr Frontier before. I've done Spirit once, but I'd rather do like either United American or like something that I know like it's kind of reliable, I sure, guess. Sure, yeah. Um, so I found like United Airlines that's also um, like a direct flight. So I did Wednesday to like a red eye Sunday night to Monday morning. So um, so that wasn't bad. So I flew into Sacramento from Dallas Airport and I, I drove. Um, I rented a car and I drove. It was about an hour and a half. And that was on Wednesday? That was Wednesday night, yeah. So then Thursday mornings when you drove? Mm-hmm. Cool. Met up your team in Tahoe. Was everybody there already? So they were in an, already there. Like some of my team were there on Tuesday and some of them like actually were there Saturday the day before they were acclimating. Um, and actually Thursday morning we went on a hike like about 3.6 miles and we did some elevation. So it was, it felt, you know, that I was, oh, I'm getting ready and like kind of feeling acclimated a little bit. Nothing, nothing prepared me for those hills. I'm telling you. <laughs> right. Right. You mentioned earlier um, about the oxygen yeah, so I did, um, so like I did with Zion in uh, Colorado, I started taking my altitude pills. Like they say on the bottle, like you take it 24 hours before. I honestly started taking it 48 hours before. And I, um, uh, it, it helped a little bit, but um, I couldn't fly my aerosol, like which is the oxygen bar. So, and I looked for it in a few stores when they didn't have it in that area which is weird because like they're at elevation and people go through there hiking and skiing so i was wondering why they didn't have it that kind of was concerning to me and it did affect me okay so how was the venue um the venue was nice it's a ski lodge so what's it called um sugar bowl uh, ski resort it's uh it's like two miles from like Truckee where we were um it was um, about two miles, yeah. Um, we were glamping. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was the first time for me to glamp. And you go and you choose your site. And I was like, my team kind of sent me first. And I was one of two people that arrived at the glamping site. So I kind of walked around. I'm like, oh, this one. No, this one. No, this one. So anyways, I chose the one closest <laughs> to, the, to the stairs because... Describe what glamping is. So glamping is basically you sign up... Um, for it separately from your registration for this for the race but you know you get they set up the tent for you they have cots they have ice for you coolers um and then you kind of have like fancier bathrooms but so it's, it's the tents are set up kind of like uh pods like, like it's, pods it's, it's, yes you so. can stand up in them there's internal zippers yeah, and there's and an area to hang out and there's like a kitchen area place where you put your food um so all you have to bring as far as personal gear is your uh, sleeping bag and your sleeping mat because cots are like kind of hard um but then your running gear and your food we actually my team because we all flew in we bought a stove and cooler um but they actually give you a cooler it's a smaller one but they give you a cooler and you get free ice the entire like event um, it's nice because when you're traveling for um, a trail Ragnar, the tent, the sleeping bag, and the cot take up probably 85% of your suitcase. Yeah, absolutely. Of your packing space. That's yeah, and I've been traveling with my tent and my cot, and so I know, like, I usually have a carry-on that's halfway empty, so to make sure to empty into, like, so I don't have more than 50 pounds on, on my big luggage, so... Um, 
that's what I usually like fly with a, a suitcase that I check in, a carry on and a backpack. So the carry on is basically for like, you know, anything that extra that needs to go in there or like if I get extra shirts or any gear from sure. the store. So, um, but yeah, actually Tahoe had some problems this year because like we arrived and there was no Porta Johns. Oh my. Anywhere. <laughs> so we had to walk about a quarter mile to like the lodge to mm-hmm. go to the bathrooms. Thankfully, um, they had like a few, like I think they had two big bathrooms with different stalls. So I never stood in line, but a lot of people did. Um, I don't know. I just, I got lucky. Um, and also they did not have any food trucks. They only had the lodge, like serve the food and the lodge did not, was not full service. So the line for when Thursday night dinner was about an hour and a half for any person to wait and, and to get food. So anybody who didn't bring their own food, they really had to wait to eat. You know, I'm going to comment on two things there. One, when you're a race director or a race organizer and you think you have all your ducks in a row and, and traditional Ragnar spirit, something's going to go sideways. Something's going to shoot off to the left or right. Like Porta Johns. You can, you can have it confirmed. You can coordinate with the company and say, hey, I need 40 Porta Johns on these days for sure, for sure, no matter what. And ever since the pandemic, everything sucks just a little bit. Not everything is just perfect. And, but that having a place to go to the bathroom is mega crucial, mega crucial. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's a real bummer. At least the lodge was there. And the other trick is, you know, in any race, I have a big race I'm preparing for tomorrow and I'm, I'm actually nervous. I've done hundreds of races and I'm not. I'm nervous mm. because it's it's kind of a, a, but I'm being I'm planning everything out. I'm packing a box. I'm packing my food. I'm packing ice. I'm packing drinks. I'm assuming there's literally no support, and that's also how I approach Ragnars, whether right. it's a road Ragnar or a local Ragnar. Um, and the Ragnar, being that it's three different legs over the course of 24 hours, in varying locations and varying weather. I put it on myself to make sure I don't take anything for granted. I've been to plenty of Ragnars where the food trucks just didn't post because the weather was going to be bad. Right. Um, I've never had one where there was no Porta Johns, but those, the things that you got to take your own food, people, or be prepared to drive to. Oh, absolutely. The next town or whatever, too. Because I remember I did that in Michigan. I didn't have enough food. Yeah. When I did Michigan Trail and there was one food truck and the the line was so darn long. Yeah. And, you know, you can't control everything as a race organizer. You try to, but you can't. So, but those are massive hurdles for the Ragnar staff to figure out. Absolutely. And then, again, so the Ragnar staff and um, um, I can, like, I say that. Cause I feel like they're my family. Cause like every time I go totally. there, I feel like I'm totally supported. And even though like there were like so many things going kind of like wrong, everybody was like, had a smile on their face. were very supportive. was very helpful. was trying to like, you know, kind of, I don't know. Like they were just being their best selves. I've not seen one like person from like SWAT staff or anybody that was not supportive or helpful or smiling like i'm telling you this is like that's i think what i love about ragnar it's like the sense of community and the sense of like it's okay things are gonna go wrong and we're gonna be okay no matter what so and i like that spirit um that i feel like it's going around and then for me like honestly i was looking forward to like the fancy portage 
in the glamping. Oh, yeah. Because it's usually like the one that you can actually flush and it has like a little sure. like uh, hand washing, but it was just the regular ones. But anyways, we had the bathrooms in the lodge and they were clean. The lodge were like, they were on top of like the cleanliness and having, you know, toilet paper mm. at all times. So again, like people complained more and I feel like, and for me, as far as food too, I bring my own food too and my team was cooking as well so like i was standing in line to wait for food but then i decided to like go to the camp to the glamping site and like my my teammate was cooking so i ate there you know <laughs> so i guess a takeaway would be one of the best practices is make sure you are prepared to have your own food yeah Port, and then we Porta John's in. situation is out of everybody's control. Absolutely. And then, you know, because of the fire hazards, so they didn't allow people to cook in their tents. So we did, um, they had like, in the village itself, they had like picnic tables where people can bring their stoves and cook and stuff. So um, it was, it was organized. Like everything was awesome. Just like those, they're the two things that people were kind of like mainly complaining about. And it was like the biggest issues. But as far as the village goes. But they had vendors, like in Michigan, they didn't really have some any vendors or dish vendors didn't show up. But like they had UFOs and um, the beer company, they had like fat, flat, um, fat tire, so right? Fat mm -hmm. tire. They had um, so I don't know for me, I guess just going there and seeing people and being in the village to me, like it's just like I kind of like snap into like happy mode and like just be excited about it, yeah. And um, so our team was like Pirates of California, eh? So like I was wearing a pi like a, a winch, like <laughs> so. I was Pir Pirates of a, California. California, eh? nice. yeah. So it was just like I don't know, like I can't even do the accent. I was trying. Everyone's like, "Ah," I'm like, "Okay, that's all I can do." <laughs> but like you know, I was. Excited. Were there eye patches? I I had like I did not wear my eye patch because like that was gonna. I don't know, affect my equilibrium anyway. So like, but I had a, I had my uh, pirate hat on, I had my corset and the, sh the, the boots and, you know, the little like kind of shimmy belt that was walking around, like making noise. So, <laughs> so that, that's like in the, the camp environment. Some, some teams are crazy and they'll run in their costumes, but you're talking about basically, cause I, I feel like Tahoe was a serious race with difficulty and whatnot. So I oh, assume absolutely. you weren't trying to like run in a pirate hat. Oh, everybody was like, please tell me you're not running in those boots. And I'm like, nope, I'm not. I'm just, I'm, I'm runner eight. So <laughs> part of the, part of the pomp and circumstance. I got you. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's talk about the course then. Oh, the course. So yellow was first because you were runner eight. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yellow is supposed to be the medium, not quite the longest and but not if you the look hardest. at so so here's the thing i started looking at the app that shows you the elevation shows you the course and like the distance and all of that yellow is actually goes the highest higher than had red and it actually is it goes gradually up it doesn't go straight up and straight down um and but it was the hardest people were saying no red was hardest but yellow was the hardest for me because like it, as soon as I started, like 0.3 miles in, I was like ready to give up. I was like 0.3, 0.3 miles. I was like, I barely was off the shoot. And I'm what was like, the elevation? Uh, it went up to 82,000, 8,200. And it started at what? 6,500 somewhere in that yeah. range. And it just kept going up and up and up. I'm like, I really like, it was just, and, but for me, the breathing was the issue. Cause Were like, the trails groomed or rocky or sandy or. Ooh, it was rocky. It was like, there was a lot of loose rocks and it was just so hard to find a rhythm. Um, 
And it was rocky like West Virginia, rocky like Zion, rocky like. I I don't know. It's just like I don't know. No, it's different. It's just kind of like medium ra- uh, sized rocks and a lot of it. Like, so not like gravel, but just no, not gravel. No, and rocks that were loose. Rocks, rocks. Yeah, loose. God, that's rocks. the worst. Yeah, there's you can't find rhythm. Also, like I couldn't breathe, and I was like, I had I didn't have like the oxygen bar, so I'm like <gasps> like gasping for air. And then, like, I had, there were people, like, there were two tents up there. They had, like, signs that says, uh, to hell and back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, and they did not lie. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't breathe. And then I saw Christy, she, was, she came in behind me. And she was going, like, she was going steady, steady. And, like, she was, nobody was running up those hills. Everybody was just kind of, like, lunging. And, and she's like, close your mouth and just breathe through your nose. And I'm like, okay, that takes training before you get on the mountain. You cannot just start doing that while yeah, you're there. That's true. But um, I tried to do it, actually. And when I was powered through, like, the feeling of, like, being suffocating, like that, when you close your mouth, um, it actually helped me, gave me some power to, like, kind of push. But it was... Do you know why? Hmm? You know about this stuff. Do you know why breathing through your nose does that? Uh, tell me why. It activates the parasympathetic nervous system. That part of your nervous system, if I'm correct, and God knows I'm probably not, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct, it actually relaxes you. It, it, it makes your body calm down and it, it eliminates the, the anxiety of not having the air. And you're right, you should really be practicing that before you're at the race, but that's a good practice and it will slow you down because you're not getting as much air. But you give you consistency. Yeah, but you can it slows you down to a pace that's manageable, whereas trying to breathe through your mouth in and out the whole time, right? It just isn't as effect as efficient. Right. I'm no expert, but I've been around the block a few times. Absolutely. No, so. I think you're right because like it really helped me, but I I couldn't like sustain that. Um, and by the time I got up to like certain elevation, and I started to look at the views, and I was trying to like stop and take the beauty in but my fear of heights kind of kicked in right there were some ridges like i think it's probably in my head like super exaggerated but the trail was like right on the edge and it was so narrow i was like i was like okay i'm going i'm going i'm going and then like again like seeing in my peripheral vision the bottom of the mountain as i'm walking I think it activated my vertigo or something. I kept feeling like I'm going to fall like sideways. Yeah. And and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Like, and I just, in my head, like I couldn't go. And, um, so there was some, uh, girl that I passed that was really taking her time, but she seemed like she's got it, but like she was stopping a lot. Um, and she caught up to me. Um, and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I can't go through the ridge. She's like, just, breathe or whatever and then like some kind of fast guy was like flying by i'm like i just leaned onto the the wall to the right and he just flew by me i'm like how did he do that like it's a very narrow like you know crazy fast runners you know and all the power to them and he's like are you okay i'm like no i'm scared he's like just look at the trail and i know it just makes sense and i know it's not a big like huge idea but like i'm like oh okay so like I covered my the left side of my face where like the edges, oh. and I started looking at the trail, and it continued. So that helped me go. And I'm like, I know he probably didn't care, didn't mean much to him, but what he said kind of like clicked with me, and I went. 
so that was the first area like of like very narrow ridge and then so that girl kept following me and we stopped we took pictures and i'm like okay well, i need to keep powering through and then i will go through and then we, we start going down a little bit and there's another ridge and i'm like oh my god and she's like okay hold my hand i swear to god so i like closed my eyes and she had like her hand behind her and i like you closed your eyes on I a did. ridge <laughs> i was so scared <laughs> oh man okay it was just she walked me she was like i was just following and then as soon as i did that i was fine like i was fine like we kept going 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 and then oh we're done with it we're going up we're done no we started going up again and she's like oh i can't so like i had like my last goo and i'm like hey there you go you have it you helped me through the ridges so uh and then what mile do you think that was that was about 3.6. So you go up for 3.6 so miles. So it's a 6-mile loop? It's about 5.9. And actually, on, on the app, it says 5.2, 5 but it's 5.9. Okay. Um, so, but then going down, it was just like a wide, you know, like a loose road. rocks, roads. So <laughs> if you want to go fast, you got to find a place where you can plant your feet without, like, stepping on a rock. Anyways, so. Nice. Yeah, it was, but, but you know. What it, time were you, were you out there running? So it was between 5 and 6.30, so it took me about. What time did your team start? Uh, 7.30. So it took us about, about a little less than 11 and a half hours, you know, to finish the first round. So eventually we had to like double and triple up because everybody was like, taking a little bit longer time. I didn't even have a night run because our seventh runner took three hours in the red loop. So, that happens sometimes. Yeah. and It's hard to understand. It's hard it, to understand how somebody can move. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody when I say this, but when when the course is like six, how, how long was red? Red was, a, was supposed to be 6.2, but it was only 5.9. <laughs> so five, that means they were moving one and a half miles an hour. And at nighttime, with elevation, I guess it's very possible. But wow, that's tough to yeah. be out there that long. How long were you, did you, when you wait for somebody, okay, for perspective for anybody who doesn't know, you know that your seventh runner goes out and your runner's eight. You're like, okay, they're predicting two hours. So you got to stretch and eat your food and stay hydrated and be up and alert and ready to run. That's two hours and 10 minutes. It's two hours and 20 minutes. You're like, oh no, they'll be here any second. They're going to be here any second. <laughs> I'm watching for them on the board because there's a, a ticker that shows uh, what teams have crossed the quarter mile to go mark. And you're just like, okay, where are they? Where are they? I played that game the whole time because, like, I was number runner eight. But then, and then you're probably out there what, like, a half an hour earlier than you should have been. I was so an hour were... and a half early. Than I oh. like, I was just ready. Let's go. <clears throat> right. It's so hard for me. This is the first time I was runner eight, and probably won't be the last time. But it's just like it was so hard for me to be runner eight. Like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like I like to get like my first run out of the way and just kind of like get into rhythm. Sure. But no. But again, nothing was going to prepare me to those. It was so hard. So then red was at sunrise, I guess? No. So um, I did green. Oh, I'm actually. sorry, green. That's so right. Green Green was super, like, <laughs> after yellow. It was, it was to me, it was super easy. It what was, was the like, distance? Hmm, 3.6 miles. Easy. 
very and then there were not hills to be spoken of like there is like rolling hills mm -hmm. it was really nice it was smooth groomed there was barely any like obstacles on the way awesome and then it was actually the grit the red and green shared the first mile and a half and the last mile so like basically you're just kind of basically in the green you're cutting the mountain out of the way oh nice okay <laughs> I, get it. I get it yeah um so yeah, green, I did it in about 40, 48 minutes, which is, you know, with all the hills and not breathing, I think that's good for me and my speed. <laughs> that's all good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, so green was uh, uneventful. And then, um, and then we I'm had sorry, to... what time did you say that was? So that was about seven o'clock in the morning. Right. So, um, but then we were supposed to double and triple up because like we were like really running late. Yeah, they probably started announcing that at like 8 or 9 a.m., yeah. right? Yeah, so by the time I got there, they're like, okay, we're doubling up. So the, the person that was supposed to go behind me, which is runner one, she's going on red. She asked, she was actually going in yellow, so she doubled up, and the person that took three hours to do red decided, opted out of doing his third loop because he was like gassed Smoked, out. right, yeah. yeah. So, but then I had two hours for them to do the yellow. Well, they didn't do two hours. They did about an hour and 50 minutes for yellow. And then I tripled up with the last two runner, not the last runner. You so tripled your runners. red. I your, yeah, I get it. So we tripled the red and I had only two hours to do that. So I went, I stayed in, like, I just changed my clothes, kind of cleaned up a little bit, kept eating bars and like, you know, yeah. the goo and whatever. And I went to the, um, to get my legs like compressed but oh, yeah. there was a long line so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna do it later i used the gun to like kind of go down open like my legs massage gun yeah. massage gun and then um and then and yeah and we went about 10 o'clock so i had two hours between my green and my red that's exciting <laughs> i've had that happen to me in the past also it, it happened to me when i was running i was running an ultra on a non-ultra team so wow when I was new to Ragnar, I was looking for more of a challenge because the three laps I, in my mind just wasn't enough for these local non-elevation. Yeah. I train in this humidity. I train on this terrain. So I kind of know what to expect. And so I would always take on extra. I'd be yeah. like, okay, I'll take on, oh, a runner didn't show up? Awesome. I'll take one or two of the laps. So I would always do four or five. Then I was like, well, I might as well do six. Let me do, go ahead and do six laps. I failed so many times because I couldn't find the right equation. And one equation was runner one and runner five. Runner yeah. one. But then again, you still only had two to three hours break in between. So right. it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll do runner one and two over and over again. One back to back yeah. where they're stacked together. Turns out I wasn't good enough shape to do those kind of distances <laughs> with, with the, even with the rest time. And then one time we were, I was doing that ultra format and somehow it came out that I had to go out and do my sixth lap like an hour after yeah. the fifth lap. And I was oh like, um, I, I, I couldn't, I had to hand it off. There were plenty of ultra attempts that I wasn't able to fulfill. I could only do five laps of the six. So I get that short, that short rest. It's really hard too, because you try to come down, but <clears throat> you gotta get right back up to race. And that's yeah. really tough. So cool. So you tripled up in the end. How was the team dynamic? Everybody seemed to be working together. Oh my God. So the red loop was, it was just like, we were all like tired, like, especially me. I was like, you know, but I was honestly like 
really my energy was super high because of all the stuff that I like you know I took the goo and I took some of the bars and stuff and I was just like ready I just you know what I'm gonna finish this I'm gonna fin I'm tired like there are people that did half a loop and didn't finish people did one loop and skipped the rest a lot of people but it's just tough the course was tough like everybody was really mentally physically was broken down from this like it's very tough um but I'm like in my mind I'm like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna get it done so having two people on my team, people that I've spent time with, I've gotten to know one of them, I, I know because she's she runs with us and like with Drinkers of Foodies and MRTT, but the other one I haven't like she's in the area too, but I haven't run with her before. And we just kind of got we had fun with it um, and they understood that I had issue with the with the ridges. So they're like, um, I was fine with the ridges that had like enough space for you to like, you know, even if you fall, you're going to like kind of like roll into a tree or something, not like completely fall down the mountain. <laughs> so that's like my, my scared brain, sure. how I think. But then when we go, so the red is like the first two, I told you it's like with the green and it's, it's really pleasant. There's rolling hills, but then you split from the green and you go down for another like 0.7 miles. You keep going down, down, down. And then what goes down has to come up or the vice versa. I don't know. We start going up. Then I'm like, okay. It gradually goes up, which is much better than I feel like the yellow. Um, but then once you hit like halfway to the mountain, like the top of the mountain, it just keeps going up and up and it gets steeper and steeper and steeper. And then when you think you're done, they had a sign that says, look up and you look up and it's even like much steeper. You go to the tippy top of the mountain and it's Mount Disney. So there's like a big rock and you go around that rock in the top of the mountain with a single track where like you look down and you're like, there goes the mountain. Wow. <laughs> and <clears throat> Elizabeth, one of the two teammates that I was working with, she was holding my hand. She was being like, kind of like focus on me. Cause she said, when I'm focused on you, I wasn't worried about me. Cause everybody's scared of the ridges. The ridges are scary. There are like some areas where you turn around and you look and you're like, oops, okay. The one wrong step. Then you, <laughs> that must be crazy at night too. When you can't see it. I think it was better for people that went at night. Cause like one of the other women that was like scared as I was from the ridges, she didn't, she didn't mind the red cause she was, she did it at night. She didn't see, and she kind of was following someone. So she was only looking at the trail. She wasn't looking off Wow. during the day. It's different. How long was red? It's supposed to be 6.4, but it was 5.9. That's right. 5.9. Okay. Yeah. According to everybody's watches. Right. Um, so like, again, we go up and then we, before we reach the top, actually, I was like, I need to sit down. Like my legs started seizing up. Literally my, I felt my butt was being kicked every time. Like, cause you're going up and you're feeling it in your like, butt. so I'm like every step, I'm like, I feel like I'm kicking myself in the butt just going up. This. <laughs> and then I'm like, I sat down and, um, so the, like the two ladies kind of stepped off, like to just let people come by. And then two people who were black loopers, I think their team was like grandma's black looper <laughs> and they were oh. passing us and they stopped and they took a picture of them. So they're standing like in a very like kind of heroic like stance of like lounging. And I was like behind them sitting and I was waving. I looked like, <laughs> you know, there. just there's a, you're telling me there's a, a black loop at Tahoe. Oh, absolutely. Oh, forget y about it. Yes. Those are a different creature. I uh -huh. don't know. I don't know. And who they're they. grandma's. 
They're like they were like the grandma or something. I don't know. The team is called grandma. So they that's took a, insane. Yeah, that's a black loop is a race format that came out a couple years back, <clears throat> where I think it's at noon a team of two who has to stay together. They run the green loop, and I think around five p.m. or four thirty, it's somewhere in that range. The same team of the same day goes out and runs the yellow loop. And then at 9 p.m., you go out and you run the red loop. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, I think that starts at 7 a.m., <clears throat> the same team of two have to go out and run a very difficult loop. Yeah. That's... So the one in the one in Tahoe is about 15.6 miles, the black loop. Yeah, so the extra loop on The extra Saturday. loop is 15. Yeah. <laughs> and then you should me. look at the elevation. If you are very interested, you can go look at the loop. And then, like, you think that the L is bad. You think the other red is bad. Look at the black. Ugh. Was it really? I'm like, that's a different level. Th- those are different creatures. For me, yeah. I'm like, I don't think I'm, I'm there. That's really cool. <laughs> But yeah, they I'm starting to get sparks of inspiration. Huh? I'm starting to get sparks of inspiration. I like hard things. I like oh. I like failing. I oh like I like pushing myself to the go point. to Tahoe, man. Go to Tahoe. <laughs> it broke me. Yeah, I'm not the same person you met two weeks ago. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so going down the red loop when we go around that rock, mm-hmm. it's actually like it's what is it called? A quicksand. So like you're sliding down. There's no traction, and they had to they like. So later, it's like beach sand, sugar beach, sugar sand. Sugar sand. That's oh. why they call it sugar ball. Ski oh, resort. okay. <laughs> so they had a they had a rope around the the a rock that you can hold on to and go down. But once the rope is finished, you turn around and you're yes you're going. You can walk or run or whatever, but you're sliding, like and the Elizabeth she's like. She's much shorter than I am, and like she was sliding, and I'm like, okay, if I stand, I'm gonna tumble. I'm gonna like make a nice like you know rolling tumbles. I'm like, okay, I sat on my butt and I slid down, like a little bit, and then when I found some like you know kind of standing ground, I stood, and we kind of like it was kind of a switch back to go down. If you're up that. I have it actually on my cover page if you want to look on Facebook. It's like I'm standing there holding the rope and you can see in like the very back, like a tiny, tiny little tent. That was the, you know, water station. I did see that picture. Yeah. Oh, again, yeah. It was, it was crazy. But then beyond that, wide road going down and you just kind of like. That's awesome. Haul ass going down. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. So um, let's, re- let's rate this course. Oh, uh, out of five. Okay. Is that is that how we did it before? One out of five. So yeah, one being pretty darn easy, like Richmond. Well, even though you think Richmond's Richmond, a little bit no. harder. Yeah. The more you do, the more your scale changes, right? Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. Richmond is like, I'll take Richmond any day. <laughs> Colorado, you said was like a five out of five. Yeah. Or no, it was at a six out of five. No, we said Zion was six. Zion was a six out of five. Colorado was five. Five out of five. Where Ten. is Tahoe? Ten. Out of five. Ten out of five. Ten out of five, man. I'm telling you, you want a challenge? You want to break your spirit? Go. <laughs> what? What? What about um? What if you went next year and you knew what to expect? Would it still be a ten? I I don't know, but I don't know if I want to go back to Tahoe. Would you train differently if you knew you were going back? Free entry, free travel. Oops, absolutely. I'll train differently. How would you train differently? Um, I'll be in a better physical shape. Um. And I will like try to find 
kind of the same elevation somewhere near me that I can actually. Well, there's drink. no elevation near us that's at the same elevation, but you could work on st stair climbers. Yeah. Uh, you could work on hill repeats. Right. Um, the longest climb sounds like it was yellow, just a consistent. Yes. But then the longest timed climb was probably red. Right. Yep. So if you were climbing on red, you were doing probably an hour long climb. Probably. Okay. So then. You could find an hour-long climb nearby, maybe right. a forty-five-minute climb. You could go out to the to the Shenandoah. Yeah, there's probably some hikes that can kick your butt like mm -hmm. that. So you could replicate it, but still, you would say it'd still be a ten out of five, even next year. Uh, ten next year. Ask me next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. What other takeaways? What other takeaways did you take uh, from Tahoe? Um. Just hydrate, 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 and um, you know that I can't, you know, speak more highly of like the altitude pills because like uh, some people got like altitude sickness, and then I gave them the pills, and then they're like, oh, like up and running around after five, five ten minutes from the pills kicking in. That's I'm, amazing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know. Like I was telling a friend, like I'm not trying to push pills, but this is like they sell it on Amazon, and it's perfect. It works. Like we come from like what three. 400 feet of like sea level and then we go up to like 8,000 feet elevation like that that's not normal to just no, go in not. one day right. or two days or even a week so I think just kind of mind your like pay attention to that and see where your fitness level and um just kind of work with your body like don't push yourself um and I learned that in Zion like don't push yourself going up because like you're gassing yourself out completely and that's totally. what I did in Zion that's why by the time I came down I was like ooh. So hydrate. So, um, what else? Um, I don't know. I feel like, but enjoy. What about lessons for going immortal? Do you pick up anything new that you'll apply to your next travel races? Just pack lighter. I'm like, I'm really, really like limited on what I pack. Cause like, I don't want to, um, but there's things that I actually didn't wear or didn't use. So just kind of pay attention think about it like you know when you go camping or like you go backpacking you usually try to like m really pack minimally so i think that's that goes for ragnar as well even though there are so resources available or like truck food trucks or like you know a store nearby that you can buy but like you know it's really nice to have like not a lot of things to repack when you're done um not worry about that and actually glamping kind of helps with that because when you're done you pack your bag and you leave. You don't have anything else right. to pack. But when we're camping, it's usually, that's the worst, for me, I say that's the worst loop because you're dragging your luggage through mud and stuff. So like, I feel like packing lightly is, is really important. I remember when we, when my wife and I first started doing Ragnar's, I think it was either 14 or 15. I don't think food trucks even showed up till 2016. So I come oh, wow. from, I come from like a different era of, um, yeah. you just can't take anything for granted. You know, and back then, my East Coast experiences before I went immortal last year. Coast, yeah. My East Coast experiences were that they would change the date of the race if they had a bad outcome. So we did two of the West Virginia races that were in June instead oh. of in um, August. August <clears throat> and uh, it may have been May or right at the June, May kind of time frame. The wet season, I guess you'd call it. So we yeah. just huge rainstorms and it created a really messy course. But then they, they changed the date. Right. They, they moved to a, a, a drier, oh, yes. a drier time where, hopefully, it's it's not as saturated or as muddy. Um, so everything, everything kind of 
matures and transitions into where it's supposed to be. Uh, all right, cool. So travel lighter. Make sure you have a hydration plan. If you're going to altitude, consider looking into those altitude pills, you call them. Right. Yeah, it's, it, says, it says Altitude RX. Um, they sell them on Amazon. Um, and also, like, my captain actually is also, like, a veteran, Ragnarian, and she thought it was, you know, worth it to invest in, like, a stove and, like, to get the stove there that we kind of basically gave away to someone who was driving. <laughs> um, just to avoid the food situation. We brought our own food, like, you know. And the last night in the Airbnb, we cooked the rest of the food. It was really nice. Like, you know. That's great. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, to me, like, I never thought about it that way. But, you know, she's done it often enough that to her, that was, and it made sense. Because, like, none of us had to stand in that line, you know, <laughs> to get food. We all ate. And it was it's fun, really good. So. And that's also, good. like, I always pack, like, bars with me. And so, like, in between runs, usually, I don't really eat meals. I just eat, like, um the protein bars and all like just kind of to stay you know have you know sustenance like sustained basically and hydrated and as opposed to just kind of like fill my body with just a meal i get you yeah yeah very good sarah thank you for being on the podcast this was a good one well thank you so much for having kevin i appreciate you doing this for me no problem talk to you later today's conversation was brought to you by bracken's painting you can find information about Bracken's Painting at www.brackenspainting.com for all of your residential and commercial painting needs. Give Bracken's a call. What's up, Ragnar Runner? I am Sarah Albanawi, and I am a Ragnar Relay Ambassador. Consider me your top resource for your travel tips, packing, team building, or information about the venue, anything Ragnar. Find me at Sarah Albanawi on Instagram. Save 10% at registration by using my ambassador code SAAMB22.